Imagine consuming 31 real whole fruits and vegetables every day. More nutrients from fruits and veggies can help our bodies with energy levels, strengthening our immune system, and so much more. Balance of Nature has taken 31 real fruits and veggies and powdered them into capsules locking in maximum nutrition. Try Balance of Nature with 35% off any Frisk preferred order, plus free shipping with promo code YES. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code YES to get 35% off. Give your body the natural boost it needs with Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code YES for 35% off. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. We are back for another edition of the Stochastic.com MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas 60, which goes down on Saturday inside the UFC Apex in Las Vegas early lock time on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, main card will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time headlined by a key pain away matchup between Corey Sanhagen and Song Yudong. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. We're going to talk about those props over at Prize Picks throughout the show. Plus, we'll give you our favorite picks over there at prize picks as always i am joined by the fighter pete rogers jr pete's great to be back here doing a another thursday show with you as i uh, wasn't there with you on saturday uh, well not here on saturday with you either so <laughs> you, you, only, you only give me one day a week at this point hey man it's okay and uh you know when football season calls we we, we know what jason has to do and of course he's a part of you know one of the most exciting teams out there so i uh, can't really blame him for it yeah, it's uh, I was uh, I was watching you guys a little bit on the plane ride over to uh, Dallas last weekend. Guy, my guy Juicy J, making making me making me look smart, making me look smart. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it goes to show you that when a cut, when a weight cut goes bad, you don't really know the entire story of it or know how a fighter's going to respond, whether it's positively or negatively. And uh, you know, regardless, you know, Juicy J took that and. Uh, he just put on a, a great performance from what I hear. I wasn't able to watch the fight, but uh, from the highlights that I saw, it, it looked like a pretty dominant decision victory. Yeah, one of the craziest fight weeks we've had in a while last week. When you you look at the weigh-in issues with and, and the changes, Hamzat Shmaev missing weight by eight pounds, but then, of course, goes out there and looks incredible against Kevin Holland. Uh, Arena Danya and Macy Chason ends up being a catch weight of 140 pounds, which when Macy Chason weighed at 140 and Arena Danya was at 137, I think we kind of figured out who wanted the 140 pound uh, catch weight there. And of course, uh, the knockout that uh, Arena Danya had. And then went Chris Barnett uh, becoming the second heavyweight in UFC history to miss weight, but goes out there and gets the win. As I, I joked on my podcast last night, can we get Chris Barnett a Modelo Fighting Spirit sponsorship? Oh, I was muted for a second. Uh, <laughs> first thing I was like, I was like, hold on, my, my AirPods just go out. No, it's me. <laughs> Use the error. But, uh, but then I, I saw Tyler's reaction, and I go, oh, it's going out on my end. <laughs> no, but like I was saying, um, I do think that Chris Barnett is just such a great personality. So um, they need to, the UFC needs to figure out a way to get him some more promotion. Um, he does a great job of selling himself, and I think a lot of the UFC fan base and just you know just everybody in general can relate to him a lot. Um, you know, pretty average looking guy, uh, excellent story behind him. And, uh, yeah, he's just a very likable character. Yeah. Li likable is, is a great way to put it there. Are, are we having a little chair issues there, Pete? You've literally gotten up about four times already. You and it because the chair is so loud and I'm going down the elevator. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Pete has recently Who knows? started in Zumba. <laughs> <All right. laughs> apparently uh pete's trying to get a little uh are you, you trying to get some you know squats in during the show yeah you know i'm just trying to stay moving <laughs> and you know my erratic movement is allowing this uh this chair to go up and down 
Of course, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning here. We got 14 fights to break down here, so let's get right into it. The main event, Corey Sanhagen and Song Yudong, 9,200 for Corey Sanhagen. Over on DraftKings, 7,000 for Song Yudong. Uh, we'll mention that as of, uh, I looked about two minutes before the show started, uh, the FanDuel salaries had not come out here yet, but looking at the tail of the tape on this one, Corey Sanhagen does have a three-inch reach advantage. Song Yudong, only 24 years old, so very young in his career first fight for Corey Sanhagen in 11 months of course he enters this fight following back-to-back decision losses against Jan and Dillashaw on the other side Song Yidong he has won three in a row uh, and he did have a stretch from 2018 and 2019 where he had a stretch of five straight decisions here one of uh, my big questions on Song Yidong I think is the 25 minute aspect of this fight it can he go that full 25 minutes how does he deal with the volume of Corey Sanhagen yeah, it's a fantastic fight. I really can't wait to watch it. And I think it's going to be a highly skilled affair. Um, you know, we have Sanhagen on back-to-back defeats, but it's against top-notch competition. Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw, split decision where some fighters and some, you know, MMA media su- suggested that he could have gotten the nod, but it was just a largely competitive bout. Um, I do think that the strength of schedule for Corey Sanhagen in his last five um, is – you know, much more superior than Song Yudong's. Um, I do think that Song Yudong taking out a former title challenger and a staple within the lower weight class of Marlon Marais, despite, you know, Marlon not being the same fighter he used to be. I think it was a big win for Song Yudong. And it goes to show you that he has the combinations, the striking skills, the speed, and uh, a lot of the athleticism um, required to pull off big victories. So, um, he could hit Sanhagen with a big shot. He could knock him out. He could end up winning a decision. I actually am going to be favoring Corey Sanhagen in the bout. I think that the larger sample size um, against tough competition is why I'm going to be leaning in his favor. And I also think that the potential of grappling lies there as well, where Sanhagen can sneakily, you know, solidify rounds, um, you know, incorporate some takedowns and some close ones, really tax that gas tank of Song Yudong. I'm expecting this to be a competitive fight. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. So I think early on, it's going to be pretty close. And as the fight goes on, I'm projecting Corey Sanhagen to start to take over. So uh, 9,200 for Sanhagen. It's a price I will get behind. 7,000 for Song Yudong. It's a price that I will have shares of. Um, I might fight stack it in just a few lineups just because I do expect it to go 25 minutes and uh, some knockdowns, some takedowns, some high volume could be a part of it. Um, and it could be an absolute war, but I will be favoring Corey Sanhagen in the bout, and I, I'm expecting him to win via decision. My expectation is I think this is going to go 25 minutes. If you look over those props on prize picks, they have Corey Sanhagen fight time at 24 and three quarters. So it kind of tells you the way prize picks expects this fight to go. Uh, the significant strikes over at prize picks is pretty high on Corey Sanhagen, 130 and a half. His fantasy score, 113 and a half. And, uh, you know, Joshua mentions, he says, he goes, I like Song, but the love for him seems a bit high for me. Sanhagen is extremely good. I mean, look, this is a, a, a massive test here for Song Yudong and whether he can pass this test or not. I like uh, Corey Sanhagen. I did find it interesting going down that Instagram rabbit hole, the fact that Corey Sanhagen's been working with Ryan Hall. I think that's very beneficial for both guys. Obviously, Ryan Hall, jiu-jitsu wizard, but you know, clearly you know, the, the striking aspect is the, the part of the game that people try to attack when it comes to Ryan Hall. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you checking in. He's gonna, he says he's going to finish this over-under number. Samuel, right. I, I think this is going to be a high finish card. I think so. Uh, no, don't, no, Samuel, don't go out there and give me like a 10 number. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty volatile card. And, you know, outside the main card, we were, we were talking on Takedown City of just how like volatile some of these matchups are and where, you know, you have inconsistent fighters, uh, Dana White Contender Series alums. You have, um, you know, fighters that uh, in their wins, they look great. And in their losses, they look bad. So what really happens when both of these, when some of these fighters are paired up against each other. So um, I'm expecting a lot of variance with this slate and I will probably embrace the variance by having some more exposure to underdogs um, as we will mention and get to. But uh, as far as like the main card, I, I feel pretty confident in my main card picks. It's just the undercard is where I think things are going to be, uh, you know, your lineups are going to be determined because of the, the preliminary bouts. 
Of course, uh, do us a big favor. Hit that thumbs up button. That really does help us out a ton. Of course, you're not subscribed to the channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you know when a show goes live here on the channel. And today's free premium tools and data over at Stochastic.com is MLB player projection. Of course, if you're still playing MLB DFS, don't forget that everything you have to offer for the MLB Night Slates on DraftKings is also 100% free for the remainder of the season, which gives you a great chance to give our tools a shot before purchasing. Just click the DK Night link, Night Owl link below to check out today's tools and projections. Of course, MLB DFS still going on. We got NFL coverage for you all week long. Of course, get you ready for tonight's Thursday night football game. Of course, that's on Amazon Prime, so you got to... I, I see that look over there. I see you giving me that side look like, you know, talking about what we were talking about pre-show. Everybody, even all my boys, I'm a huge Chargers fan. I've been a Chargers fan since LT, Antonio Gates, Rivers, all these guys. Like, I've been a Chargers fan for a very long time. And uh, I don't feel comfortable or confident whenever they face division rivals, especially the Chiefs. I'm pretty bullish on the on the Chargers tonight. I don't care that it's an arrowhead. I'm just I'm I'm a believer in our defense. You know, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin <laughs> James. I really really like it. And Tyler, Jason, they me. Yeah, I look at everybody's against me, and that's okay. But I'm telling you, the line is completely disrespectful for the Chargers. So we'll see if I'm wrong. But if I'm wrong, guess what? I'm you know I'm gonna go down with my ship. So and that's okay. So, so- so what you're telling me is you're telling everyone here that's watching us that in these showdown contests tonight, you don't got one chief in your lineup. Oh, no, of course. Of course I do. I'm going to have a 4-2. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a 4-2, but I really think that the defense is going to be the difference maker here. We'll see. Um, it could be a wash being at Arrowhead, but I, I just re- I'm a big Herbert believer, so we'll see. Yeah, that that D line can stay healthy. Yeah, they're uh, they're that's a dangerous D line. No, no okay. question about this, it. This is the type of matchup, right? Where like Friday, everybody's like, "Oh my God, the Chargers!" And I'm over here early telling you guys about it. So if I'm if I look dumb, I look dumb. But I'm I'm I already placed a bet, so here, here, I'm big the on the Chargers tonight. You know, if you look dumb, people are going to remind you on Saturday. Listen, but everybody in the world, 90% of the people, are probably all on the Chiefs with the same exact mindset. And I'm telling you. I don't take the Chargers over the Chiefs. But it's, it's a short different. week. It's a short week. That's always kind of that makes it a, a unique situation. Um, and, and always kind of, I always feel like, you know, the road team, short week, plus you're traveling, something to think about there. Uh, let's move over to the co main event. We got a matchup that should be a great one here between Gregory Rodriguez and Chidi Injukwani. And of course, uh, Chidi Injukwani has been on a roll since coming into the UFC, winning both of his UFC fights via first round finish. He has won four in a row, does have a four inch reach advantage uh, in this one. Gregory Rodriguez, three and one in the UFC, is coming off a first round victory there against Julian Marquez. Uh, this will be your 8,000-8,200 fight as Gregor Rodriguez is 8,200. Chidi Njikwani, 8,000. Chidi Njikwani is now the betting favorite in this one. But the one thing that sticks out to me in this one is the potential takedown upside of Gregor Rodriguez. We've seen him utilize the takedown in a, a couple of his UFC fights. Uh, against Dusko, he landed three takedowns. Against Park, he landed two. Against Petrosian, he landed two. They both have a common opponent in Dusko. Of course, Chidi getting the win there towards the end of the first round. But prior to the stoppage in that fight, Dusko did score two out of seven takedowns. So to me, like in terms of DFS, we're always looking at grapplers. Gregor Rodriguez is an interesting play if he goes the grappling route. And I think that's I think that's all caps IF. Yeah, I mean, I think we need this fight, truthfully. I mean, 8,200, 8,000s naturally um, going to make it very easy for lineup construction. And it usually being around pick em odds um, is something I like to target. Now you're talking about a minus 120-ish favorite of Chidi and Shikawani priced at 8,000 instead of 8,200. I mean, this is a fight I'm going to probably make a group on just because, you know, one way or another, I can actually foresee a high score. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez on the feet is excellent offensively, but his head is pretty stationary on that center line. And I actually think he's extremely hittable. Um, And certain fights, some fighters are going to be able to expect, especially high caliber strikers are going to be able to capitalize whenever you make some you know, technical deficiencies or some mistakes. And I do think that Chidi and Jaquani can capitalize, um, hit his head on the center line 
en route to a KO TKO finish. But, you know, if you go back and you look at Njokawani's career, his Achilles heel has always been if fighters take him down en route to ragdolling him, take down City, um, and, and trying to work towards a submission finish. So, like, I'm, I want to get to one of these guys. And, you know, based on ownership, we'll decide how I'm going to get different from the field. But I'm actually going to be picking Chidi Njokawani to beat Gregory Rodriguez because I think Rodriguez believes a little too much in his striking. Yes, his striking has improved. He's developed that part of his skill set. But he's got to get back to what brought him to the dance. And that was incorporating, you know, tenacious takedowns and route to, you know, yeah. crazy grappling. His grappling's crazy. I just think like Chidi's just going to capitalize on the feet and put him out and route to a nice KO bonus. Yeah. When looking over the prize picks props on this matchup, and they're all on the Gregory Rodriguez side of the equation, the ones that really stick out to me is the fight time prop of nine minutes. I, I think that's a slight lean to the under, just kind of how I see this one going. Um, and the one-and-a-half takedowns for Gray Rodriguez, I think is an interesting point. I think if you're going to play that, I would go with the over. And that's just me hoping that he does go the takedown city route. Like you mentioned about trying to get different on the sleigh, and of course, when you're a Stochastic Plus member, you can see you know, ownership projections over there. Like To me, it's going to be hard to get away from the main event because of the five round aspect of it. Like uh, we didn't mention this, but I think song you do cash is, is kind of a, a nice play in cash just so you know, 7,000, what he could get you. But like, if you want to get different on this card, getting away from the main event, co-main event will be a way to differentiate yourself big time. Yeah. Because if the fight becomes a dud, either one of them, or if, uh, you know, something crazy happens in the fight, you know, no contest, a draw, whatever. Um, then you could actually have a ton of leverage on the slate now. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. I actually think that it's good chalk, but that doesn't mean I won't get away from it for some of my lineups, just because, you know, you need to balance that good chalk versus leverage. And uh, that's how you're going to have that top 1% lineups. Of course, let's get over to the next matchup. It's a featherweight matchup between Andre Feely and Bill Algeo, 8,300 for Andre Feely, 7,900 for Bill Algeo. And uh, Andre Feely, of course, uh, his last fight did not go his way. A 41-second loss against Joe Anderson Brito back in February. He is 1-2 and two with one no contest in his last four fights. Uh, this is a fight that, to me, has got the recipe for going 15 minutes. Uh, Feely, five of his last six wins have come via decision. Uh, Algeo comes off that uh, win there against Herbert Burns, which was a stop of victory there in the second round. But prior to that, his previous six fights had gone the distance. And Andre Feely, he has fought the, the elite of the elite uh, in this division. You look at a majority of his losses in the UFC, they're against elite competition. Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, uh, just to uh, name a couple of those losses that he's had here. Uh, this is one of those ones in terms of GPPs. Andre Feely will be a target for me because of the takedown upside that to me is the path to him winning this fight if you tell me this fight plays out in the feed bill algeo the only question i have in terms of gpps is in a 15-minute fight that maybe there's not any knockdowns it's just a 15-minute kickboxing matchup can he produce enough volume to be optimal yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that this is going to be a priority fight for me. If I land on it in my roster construction, I'll be okay with it. Um, the pricing obviously makes it much more easy to get to than some of these other fights. 8,300 for, for Feely with takedown potential, 7,900 for Algeo with finishing potential. So um, if massive takedown potential, massive takedowns happen for Feely, he could break the slate. If Algeo is able to prevent the takedowns and stop Feely, who has actually been struggling of late, then he's at that price point where it makes a ton of sense, but I'm projecting it to go the full 15 minutes in a competitive affair. I understand that Andre Feely in his past five bouts does not look good at all. Um, and Bill Algeo has actually been the better fighter of the two in the past five fights. Uh, styles make fights. I don't think that Feely's skills have really diminished. I think it's just been, you know, some matchup based and Bill Algeo brings a ton of pressure, a ton of volume, 
um, whenever he fights somebody in a good pace. And I think that Andre Feely can match the pace, but he's, he's uh, susceptible to getting hit with big shots as evidenced in the Joe Anderson Brito fight. But I don't necessarily think that Algio has the same type of pop, despite having a victory over Joe Anderson Brito. Um, I, I just think that this is going to be competitive. Uh, Feely can strike with him on the feet, blend takedowns. And I actually think the winner of this is going to get like in the eighties as far as points wise goes. And there's just so many fights on the, on the slate that I probably won't prioritize this. I'll get to it just because the salaries are really, really easy. Um, but I think there's better fights to target. I'm picking Feely to win, uh, a decision, but again, like I said, it's, it's not going to be a priority. This is one of those fights that from the betting side, maybe look at that split decision prop because I can see where yeah. it's just a really close fight and one of the judges doesn't agree with the other two judges. Now, get access to all the great Stochastic Plus tools and content we have out there for nearly every DFS sport with a Stochastic Plus Platinum Pass. This gives you full access to all the premium content tools we have over at Stochastic.com, including player projections, ownership projections, lineup builder, our premium Discord channel, and so much more. And if you're a new Stochastic Plus user, you got to take advantage of the deal that's going on right now, where you can save 50% off your first week of any Stochastic Plus pass. All you got to do is click the link in the video description below to activate this offer, or you can head over to our join page at Stochastic.com. Use the promo code MMA Strategy Show, all caps, one word. That's MMA Strategy Show for 50% off your first week of any weekly package. So if you want to take advantage of that Stochastic Plus MMA package, hit that promo code MMA Strategy Show. Gives you access to things like the top fighter tool, ownership projections, fighter projections, pro play, so much more. That top fighter tool is a tool that I'm using each and every week. One of the things I love to do with that top fighter tool is compare ownership to our top six percentage. Maybe see if I can find some leverage. And of course, you know, I'm always I'm always looking at those fighters that are only 20%, especially those uh those 9,000 fighters. Who is the 9,000 fighter you're not getting to? So uh, all we it's the tools that myself and Pete use on a weekly. And of course, when you hit that promo code, that's something that you heard about here on the strategy show. And uh, you boost me and Pete's ego a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys support us. We appreciate you as always. And uh, it goes a long way. So that's that's one way to show the channel, the company that you guys really appreciate us. I, I don't know how much that has to boost my ego. You know, my ego is pretty high as it is. So I don't, I don't know if you, you know you can boost it pretty much more. I see that smile, Pete. I see that smile. Yeah, not I. I got no ego, so um, I'm just thankful. So if you do it for us, I'm just extremely. Hold, extremely hold on, you're a fighter, bro. You got yeah. ego. No, not not really. I mean, I I have a competitive nature. I don't necessarily have an ego. Um, some fighters have bad egos, especially me being a coach. Um, no, I I don't. Yeah, well. I think we all kind of. Hey, Jason Floyd over there has got one. The the I'll, MMA I'll reporter. Tell you, and, I'll tell you, I do. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie about it. Nah, see, I I really don't. Uh, let's move over to the next matchup. We got Joe Pfeiffer taking on Alan Amadowski. Joe Pfeiffer, a huge betting favorite uh, in this one. He is 9,700 over on DK. Uh, in terms of Amadowski, 6,500. Of course, Joe Pfeiffer uh, has become the, the fan favorite of Dana White since uh, his uh, win there on the season debut of this season of the Contender Series. Uh, he's only gone the distance once in his career. That was in his second pro fight. Uh, all of his stoppage wins have come in the first or second round. Al Madofsky will try to keep it positive here. Um, things have not gone his way in the UFC. Yeah, no, they haven't. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that Amadovsky, outside of having a puncher's chance, just shows that he's really not made made for the UFC. Um, you know, he, he can land a knockout shot, as he has done throughout his career, but extreme volatility and low-level skills. The 6,500 skill, I mean, the th- 6,500 salary is somewhat reflective of his skill, to be honest, inside the UFC. Um, the the price tag of Joe Pfeiffer at 9,700 is ridiculous, but I am expecting a Joe Pfeiffer round one or round two finish. So whether he gets a quick win bonus, whether he um, takes him down a couple times or just takes him down once and subs him, I'm expecting 100 points. But obviously at 9,700, we need a lot more than 100 points. You need, you know, basically 120. It's doable. I'm not going to be avoiding it. I know it's a crazy price tag, but like as far as inside the distance odds, I really like Joe Pfeiffer to win inside the distance. So 
you know, you think a fight's going to go one way and it, it tends to not go that, you know, not, not go towards your projection. So I'm not going to, you know, go crazy over it. I'm going to get to Joe Pfeiffer at 9,700 just because I think it's going to be a dominant showing. To me, the, the Joe Pfeiffer equation comes to a roster construction because so I just, I popped up the DK app and I said, let me just put Joe Pfeiffer in. You put him in, that means for your other five players, your average remaining per fighter is 8,060. Yeah, it's crazy. We have Nick in the chat saying Amadovsky is going to be the slate breaker. I mean, good God, if he is, I mean, I, I would, I'm not going to play it. Um, You could, but I just don't expect to see it. I, I don't think that he's good. I just don't. Um, I, look, if you're playing in a 150 max, 5%, yeah. Amadovsky. I will say that, you know, it's a little odd for a Dana White contender series alum to be the biggest favorite on the entire card. That's what I find weird. Um, it's hard to have a ton of faith in stock in a Dana White contender series alum making their de- their UFC debut because octagon jitters are a real thing. How is he going to perform? Um, you know, he got slammed against Dustin Stolzfus en route to an injury. So, like, I just don't think Alan Amadovsky's good. So, uh, I hate to be like that, and I hate to say that, but I really think that Joe Piper inside the distance is the play. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a roster construction situation. Like if you're playing at 20 max at the most, I would put Amadovsky in one lineup. Yeah. In a 20 max. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't even do it to be honest. You know, it just, it depends on like how different are you trying to make your lineups in a 20 max as opposed to a 150. Yeah, Marcos brings up a great point saying Romanov was minus 2,000 and he wasn't 9.7K. That That's kind of what I was thinking as well. But I think it's also largely due to the size of the contest. Like we have 14 fights. I'd have to go back and look and see how many fights were on that Romanov card. But I don't believe that there were 14. So eventually they just started running out of salary. You know what I mean? Like, And sometimes they duplicate the salaries. But I think that's why that he was priced up so high. It's a showcase fight for yeah. Joe Pfeiffer. I, I think there's no doubt about it. Let's move over to the next one. We got a heavyweight matchup between Tanner Bozer and Rodrigo Nascimento. 8,800 for Tanner Bozer, 7,400 for Rodrigo Nascimento. Uh, Nascimento does have a four and a half reach advantage uh, in this one. First fight for Nascimento in 14 months. His previous fight, uh, he failed his post fight drug test. That was initially a win against Alan Bodeau, a TKO win against Alan Bodeau. Uh, Nascimento, uh, he has never gone the distance. He's actually never even seen the third round. Seven of his 10 fights have ended in the first round. Bozer, on the other hand, uh, primarily for a lot of his career has been known for a guy that uh, going the distance 14 of his 29 pro fights have ended via decision his only stoppage loss came back only in 2015 when he lost to tim Hag there in the canadian regional scene and uh, just like uh for nascimento a layoff here for tanner bozer his first fight in 15 months but tanner bozer is probably one of my most confident plays here today uh, on this card i think he gets the win i think it's probably going to come via stoppage just because the way nascimento goes there but uh I really like Tanner Bozer in this spot. Yeah, I love Tanner Bozer. Um, I have to say that, you know, on Live Before Lock with Josh, we were talking and I said, um, from, you know, you can't count out heavyweights, heavyweight MMA or women's MMA. And Chris Barnett went out there and broke the slate last week. And I didn't have nearly as much Chris Barnett as I needed. I don't think I had much at all, to be honest, because I was just so confident in Jake Collier to go out there and do what he did in round one, but not tax himself so much. Now, going forward, I've made a rule, and I'm going to say it every single time we have we have a podcast, every time we have our strategy show. Don't discredit heavyweight MMA underdogs, and don't discredit women's MMA underdogs. Like, Nascimento has the skills to beat Tanner Bozer, um, and he's a pretty talented finisher. I am just, in my gut, pretty sold on Tanner Bozer pulling off this victory. I think that he's going to be able to defend the takedown attempts from Rodrigo Nascimento, now, Cemento on the feet is not a bad fighter uh, offensively. Defensively, there's a um, he's not nearly as skilled, and I think that Tanner Bozer is just going to be the more consistent on the feet, the better minute winner, and in addition to that, I think he's going to land some heavy, heavy shots that some other notable names were unable to take, like knocking out Oban St. Pru, um, Rafael Pozoa, okay, Felipe Lins, I, I really like that win. That has aged well, even though Linz really hasn't turned out to be the prospect that the UFC had hoped for. But with all that being said, whether it's via decision or KO, 
I'm expecting Tanner Bozer to have a pretty solid showing. And the fact that Nascimento hasn't really been in the third round and is largely dependent on his success in rounds one and two, you could see just a complete cardio collapse. So I'm going to go Tanner Bozer 8,800 as one of the most contrarian plays just because of the 9,000 options. I don't know if it's contrarian, the word for it, but I, I could say it's like one of the, the fighters that's lost in the shuffle where everybody's you know paying high and paying low. And that 8,800 could be that guy that we're, we're talking about, you know, sat, late Saturday night come Sunday, Sunday morning saying, wow, he ended up getting a, a knockdown or two en route to a first to second round finish at 8,800. Yeah, his significant strikes landed prop over price pick 35 and a half is, is an interesting number. It's an interesting number. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting number. I, I think that, you know, Nascimento, part of a good camp to get better and to develop. So I won't I won't count him out. I just actually really like Tanner Bozer. And um, I think he's kind of been a surprise inside the UFC and outside getting, you know, ragdolled in, in a way against Alir Latifi, which was still a split decision victory. Like the Andre Arlovsky fight was questionable at whether he lost that one or not. So I think he's been much more successful than what he looks like on paper. Of course, if you're looking to place a bet on this fight, you got to take advantage of the offer that BetMGM has for our listeners. As bet $10, win 200 with BetMGM. If any team scores a touchdown, click the link in the video description below to claim your free $200. Now, let's move over to the next matchup, as is Anthony Hernandez and Mark Andre Barriot. Anthony Hernandez, he's 8,700, 7,500 for Mark Andre Barriot. Hernandez has won back to back fights, he's coming off a decision win in April against Josh Frim. Uh, Perio is coming off a first round submission win against Jordan Wright. Uh, he is three and one with one no contest after starting 0 and 3 in the UFC. And my big note on this fight, Pete, is the takedown and submission upside of Anthony Hernandez. Yeah, I, I like Anthony Hernandez in the matchup, but Anthony Hernandez is kind of like on that line of do I trust him or not? Same with Marc Andre Barrio. So um, we, we've seen Barrio you know, start off his UFC career 0-3 and then follow that up with a uh, an overturned fight against Oscar Pejota. So, like, only until recently he's found success. And it was a first-round submission against Jordan Wright, then the first-round knockout to Chidi and Jaquani, where we actually have seen Anthony Hernandez, you know, kind of have some solid wins against Josh Fremd, dominant decision, uh, Rodolfo Vieira submitting one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in MMA, obviously getting knee to the body followed up by a, an elbow against Kevin Holland, a very nice win over Jun Young Park. Um, so like it's tough to trust either one of these guys. And uh, depending on the night, I could see the fight going one way or another. I'm expecting Anthony Hernandez to be the more consistent of the two. And I think he's a little bit better offensively, whereas Barrio's patience can kind of, can kind of backfire a little bit. So I do like the volume and just the well-rounded skill set of Anthony Hernandez. The takedowns may, might not come easy at all, but I think that he's going to land some, and he has some sneaky submission finishing potential, mm -hmm. but I'm actually expecting this to go the distance. So, uh, you know, I think if, if a high score happens here, it's... Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Due to Hernandez's volume and his uh, you know, relentless takedown approach. So I'm going to go Hernandez at 8700 is my pick, but like this is where the card starts to taper off and I'm like losing faith in a lot of these fighters where I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to both sides of the fight just because, you know, the main card, I feel like I have some strong conviction of how some fights are going to go. The preliminary card seems super volatile with tons of variants. Up next, we got a match between Damon Jackson and Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini, he is 9,000 on DK, 7,200 for Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson will have a three-inch reach advantage in this one. Jackson, uh, 4-1 since coming back to the UFC. Two of those wins have come via submission and coming off a decision win back in June. Pat Sabatini is 4-0 in the UFC. Uh, 11 of his 17 wins have come via submission. This is a, a fight that I'm projecting to go 15 minutes. Uh, you got two grapplers, so typically when that happens, it's a stand-up affair. Yeah, and Pat Sabatini is one of my favorite fighters on the card and one of my favorite parlay pieces because I know his coach really well, Daniel Gracie, um, really close with my coach from uh, Henzo Gracie, Rhode Island, and Henzo Gracie Philly is just on another level as far as their MMA success inside the UFC, and even regionally as well. They're just a very, very strong team, well-coached. They all have strong jiu-jitsu, obviously, great pressure, and they're, they're pretty violent. Like, I really like Patrick Sabatini. I don't think that Damon Jackson is going to be able to handle what Patrick Sabatini brings to the table. Um, yes, their wrestling and their jiu-jitsu could negate each other, which could result in a striking affair, which is not my favorite path for Patrick Sabatini because if I could find an Achilles heel for him or a weakness – it would be his striking that's not nearly as polished as his grappling. Um, the, the longer the fight stays on the feet, the longer that any of these guys can land a big shot, hurt each other, and we have seen Sabatini not take shots well on the feet in the past. With all that being said, I'm pretty sure Sabatini can land some big enough shots for Damon Jackson to respect his striking en route to ping him, pinning him against the cage and incorporating that relentless pressure. The, the top pressure that Sabatini brings to the table is – really different and it's really different because he chain wrestles well but the pressure exhausts his opponents and it breaks them as well i don't think that damon jackson is going to make an uh, a technical error on the mat but we have seen in the past him get controlled against you know some fighters similar to mersad bektic which i know mersad really well and he is a dominant wrestler phenomenal wrestler and i actually think patrick sabatini can replicate that but in route to a win um, and not get caught in something silly. So Patrick Sabatini, 9,000. I'm going to play him despite me thinking it's going to go uh, 15 minutes. In two of his three decision wins in the UFC, he scored 106 and 105 points against TJ Laramie and Tucker Lutz in his debut against Tristan Connolly, who's a talented grappler in his own right. He only scored 82. So this could be a, uh, a an underweight approach for, as far as DFS. But as far as confidence, like I'm really confident that Patrick Sabatini gets it done. In terms of how I see the fight going, it's a limited exposure for me, just okay. because of I, I'm I'm concerned with uh, especially on the on the Pat Sabatini side at a nine thousand dollar price tag. I'm like, okay, I got you got to give me a hundred points at, at right. nine thousand. Like that to me would be a concern of what happens if Pat Sabatini can't keep it, can't get the fight on the ground, and it's a fight that plays out on the feet. You know, we we always talk about that that point scoring ceiling. That that's the thing that concerns me. And uh, you know, Damon Jackson, I've had some good interviews with him. So you, yeah. you know, you know, little Homer, you know, little Homer pick. I ain't uh, gonna lie. Well, this, hey, how, uh, how'd that Homer pick do last week, huh? I was just gonna give you credit for that, actually. Um, <laughs> so clearly, you know, you need to hit the thumbs up on stochastic.fantasycruncher.com on Damon Jackson's, you know, name just because of the uh, the Jason Floyd narrative. So if you, if you did that last week with Julian Arosa, it would have worked out pretty well. Increasing your exposure, 8, 12, 10%, whatever it is, um, would have been just a little bit nicer. So uh, perhaps I do that, but guess what? I'm probably not doing it because I really like Patrick Sabatini. 
I'm actually talking to Juicy J a little later on today, yeah. so uh, that's going to be on my podcast on Sunday. As uh, you, you talk about career resurgence, Damon Jackson's got to have a career resurgence as well yeah. in, in his second stint in the UFC. Um, and he's got, I remember the last time I talked to Damon Jackson, it was uh, prior to getting uh, his new UFC contract. And, you know, he talked about it. He's like, look, I got to go. I got to finish dudes. He goes, the UFC wants fighters who finish fights. They don't want fighters who go out to get decisions. And, and, and it seems to me like when I've talked to fighters in the UFC, that has definitely become more of a, of a thought process they're thinking about. Of going, hey, and of course, as DFS players, that's what we're hoping for. We want guys that are, that are going to fight for our dollar there. But uh, it's it's just one of these fights that, to me, I'm just going to kind of limit exposure to. Of course, uh, this is a strategy show. We're getting ready for UFC Vegas number 60. And of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, uh, head over to prizepicks.com, sign up now, and use that promo code OSMO for an instant first match deposit of up to $100. Now, we're going to talk about Trevin Giles and, and Lewis Koski here in a little bit. Actually, be uh, if I were going to break down here shortly. That's one of the props I really like over at Prize Picks this week. I'm looking at that Trevin Giles takedown prop of one and a half. I love the under there. I don't blame you because in almost all of his fights, He's hit that number. Um, only in his UFC debut did he go to the takedown well and land more than one. He landed five takedowns in that one. But every single other fight, he's only landed one takedown. And you also talk about the wrestling background that his opponent, Luis Kosi, has to negate the attempts. Um, it all comes down to does the Kosi cardio keep up with uh, Tremon Giles? Because no matter what level wrestler you are, if you don't have the gas, you really don't care about defending the takedown. But I would agree the most likely situation is playing the under there. And we were just talking about Pat Sabatini. Yeah. His significant strikes landed is 29 and a half. I think that's an overplay, Pete. Yeah, it's probably an overplay because of the uh, likelihood of, you know, like we just said, the the wrestling and submission skills being somewhat negated, forcing a, a stand-up affair as most two grapplers facing off turns into. So um, even though I'm not in love with Sabatini striking, I do think it's improving. I think that the over is probably the play there. Yeah, I mean, looking at some leans over at Price Picks, uh, mentioned about that Tanner Bowser over 35 and a half significant strikes. Mm -hmm. Another one, we'll talk about this fight a little bit later, the Jillian Robertson 11 fight time minute. That's yeah, an interesting I, one. I like that because I, I view that fight going one of two ways. Either she's going to ragdoll her opponent or her opponent is going to beat her up on the feet, and Robertson shells up pretty much anytime she gets hit so uh, i'm expecting a finish in that fight so 11s i wish it was a little bit richer but 11s kind of right at that line where i'm willing to play the under next up let's move over to our next matchup is a female match between aspen lad and sarah mcmahon aspen lad she is 8400 7800 for sarah mcmahon and as we do this show here on a thursday my biggest question mark is what does aspen lad look like on the scale. It seems like that's kind of been the narrative with Aspen Ladd now for some time. She's dropped back-to-back -back fights in three of four. Her last two losses have come via decision. Uh, McMahon seeking back-to-back -back wins for the first time since 2017, coming off that decision win in March against Carol Hosa. Uh, she recently left... Um, uh, Tina Alpha Mel kind of doing her own thing here. I mean, look, we know Sarah McMahon, uh, the, the thing comes down to is wrestling. Yeah, I mean, but... I don't know how the heck I trust either one of these fighters, if I'm being honest. Like, this is volatility. I expect Sarah McMahon to be the more popular pick. I have to be honest. I think more people are going to flock to Sarah McMahon. Obviously, the you know the price tag is 7,800 with wrestling upside and beating a pretty talented fighter in Carol Hosa, um, who's a good jiu-jitsu practitioner, can get her own offensive takedowns pretty good on the feet. Uh, McMahon landed four of six takedowns. So, like, you know, I think that could possibly balloon her ownership. But when McMahon gets pushed to the brink of defeat, she kind of looks for a way out. I have to be honest. Like, we've seen it multiple times, whether it's via submission or via KO, TKO. I'm expecting Aspen Ladd, and I hate saying this because I really don't trust either one of these fighters. I really think Aspen Ladd might be Sarah McMahon. And she's, she's at that price point at 8,400 where, you know, nobody wants to bank on her. She can barely make weight. How do you trust a fighter that 
has lost back-to-back fights to Norma Dumont and Raquel Pennington. Well, turns out Norma Dumont is not bad at all. I actually picked Norma Dumont to beat Aspen Ladd back when they when they fought in uh, October of 2021. You know, and Raquel is just pretty talented everywhere. I think that Aspen Ladd might try to might punish Sarah McMahon on some of her attempts, whether it's in the takedown department or striking department. So I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me, but I'm going to be leaning in Aspen Ladd's favor. But like I said, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm confident in my main card picks for the most part, mm-hmm. my underdogs and the preliminary bouts are where I'm going to be relying on our tools on stochastic.com to kind of, you know, figure out how I'm going to get different from the field, but I'm picking Aspen lad to win. It's a slight lean to Aspen lab, but uh, subject to changed based on what we see tomorrow. In terms of the weigh-ins. Okay. I, I want to see what she looks like there. Uh, but to me, it's a slight lean there to Aspen Ladd. And that's where uh, looking at a projection of 20% ownership as we sit here on Thursday does kind of make that one a little bit interesting. Next up, we got the matchup between Trevin Giles and Lewis Koski. Lewis Koski stepping in the octagon for the first time in nearly two years. His last fight uh, took place there in November of 2020. Uh, that was a third-round defeat. He was supposed to fight back in April. However, he tested positive for COVID. COVID and we look at the Trevin Giles situation. Uh, he's got a three-inch reach advantage. He's dropped back-to-back fights. Both those are stoppage losses. He's three and four uh, in his last seven. Lost in the first round in his last matchup against Michael Moraes. What's your take, Pete? My take is, again, it's like volatile fight. It's one that I'm expecting not to, you know, reach the scorecards. Um, just how both of these fighters fight. You have Tremon Giles on back-to-back knockout defeats. I do not like backing a fighter who's been knocked out, never mind being knocked out twice in a row. So uh, the Drikas Duplessis one, man, right across the ground and pound. In addition to that, following up with Michael Morales knocking him out, like, my goodness. But we have Luis Cosi, the younger fighter, um, and one that could be developing with his absence from the cage. Uh, and I do think that he is the better Kosey brother. I don't know if that's a hot take. I, I do think that Luis Kosey is better than Orion Kosey. Um, they both have good takedowns and uh, Luis Kosey seems to be a, a little bit more of a banger on the feet. So uh, he really hurt Sasha Platnikov. And I actually think that as for an underdog, he can pull this out. The only thing is that this is a massive step up a competition, but at a point, the step up of competition does not really mean so much if your opponent, uh, if your opponent's uh, chin is a little bit frail. And that is my fear here, to be honest. So like I'm expecting Trevin Giles to be the more skilled fighter and look better on the feet. Um, I don't know how to really feel about this, man. Like I'm probably going to. OK, so if I break it down like this, I think that skill wise, the minus 200 betting line on Trevin Giles makes sense. As far as where he is at in 2022 right now, I think the odds are too wide and plus 175 is just a little too rich for, for Lewis Cosi. I think it's a closer fight than that. So with all that being said, I think the values on Lewis Cosi, um, it's a fight I'm going to get to both of these ones. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me, but I'm going to be embracing the variance. So if I have to say from a value standpoint, Lewis Cosi looks like he's value. I, you know, I want to give the both sides of it, but I don't have a strong take on either side of the equation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things of, yeah, I want to get a little sprinkle on each side of the thing. Like mentioned about prize picks. I do like the under one and a half takedowns. I think Koski, because of his wrestling uh, pedigree, he can keep that fight up on the field. Let's move over to the next matchup. It's a female matchup. You got uh, Luke Boomy taking on Gomes. Luke Boomy, 9,500, 6,700 for Gomes. Uh, Gomes uh, coming off a win on the Contender Series last month, back on August the 23rd. That was a decision win. She's won six straight since dropping her pro debut. Uh, Luke Boomi, her first fight since November of last year was decision loss against Lupe Godinia. She's three and two in the UFC, and all of her fights in the UFC have gone the distance. Yeah, I like Luke Boomi. I don't like her for a D- from a DFS perspective, truthfully, just because um, she might find a finish one of these days inside the UFC, and, th- and this could be it. Uh, you know, I-, I think that the striking gap despite Denise not being bad at all, it's just Loma's superior. I, I think that being a tie fighter, her clinch is underrated. Um, her overall hands into legs are underrated. 
And I think she can actually land some takedowns as well just because of the, the trips and all of that stuff in the tie clinch. And just kind of, if you tie up with her, she's going to dump you to the mat. So it all comes down to uh, whether they start marking these off as takedowns or not. She attempted six in her debut, eight in her, in the fight against the Sam Hughes. So like, I think a 90 plus, you know, performance is in the realm of possibility for Loma Lukbumi. And I think it's going to be one way traffic. I like her here. I mean, how can I say I, I, I don't like her here, but 9,500 is way too rich. If she was 8,700, I'd play her 95 is way too much. So outside of a small sample size, I'm probably just not going to get to this fight, to be honest. Yeah, the price tag absolutely scares me there, 9500 She's got to go out there and get a finish. Of course, uh, one of the things that Pete and I would love to see is see you go into the Stochastic Hall of Fame for UFC Vegas to 60. Of course, uh, we want to see you rocking that Stochastic Avatar on your DFS profile. You can get that over at stochastic.com slash avatar. And when you place in a top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants, tweet your wins to add Stochastic HOF. You win a free month of Stochastic plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year congratulations to samuel taking down a million dollars there in the fancy golf mega millionaire contest kudos to you which you're able to do over there save some money for uncle sam because uncle sam's gonna come calling there also we had another million dollar winner uh that's stunning taking out a million dollars in an nfl contest of course, uh, also uh, Steve Buzzer taking out $100,000 in an NFL contest last week. Also, uh, look at the Monday Showdown contest. Uh, two of our members taking down first place there, winning over $293,000. Also, uh, Swanny DFS taking down uh, about uh, a little over $9,000 in NFL DFS. And our guy Emac showing how using the tools have benefited him with taking down some winnings there in a NFL contest. You know, he had Patrick Mahomes his quarterback p yeah i mean mahomes is good when you're facing arizona uh, let's see let's see how it is tonight against the chargers we'll see wow daggers man Pete just throw these little daggers in here i'm telling you man we'll see i may look like an absolute fool but all i need really because i just need them to lead by seven to actually win my bet but in addition for, for any period of the game but i also have just money on the money line as well so yeah let's go chargers of course, we got uh, four more fights here left to break down. We'll start off here with Trey Ogden and Daniel Zellhuber. Zellhuber, a minus 300 betting favorite in this one. He is 9,400, 6,800 for Trey Ogden. Uh, Zellhuber will have a five and a half reach advantage in this one. This is his UFC debut. First fight for him in almost a year to the date. His last fight, September 28th of last year. Nine of his 12 wins have come via stop. As Trey Ogden uh, did lose his UFC debut in April against Jordan Levitt. Prior to that loss, his last three wins had come via submission. Pete, do you want to get any takes here on Trey Ogden? I, I actually do. I'm going to get to some shares of Trey Ogden just because um, UFC debut for Zell Huber, despite you know looking really good and polished with his skill set, I always just take the nerves and the, the debut into account, and I actually think that Trey Ogden's not bad. Like, yeah, he can be finished. But I think that he made a good account of himself or a decent account of himself against Jordan Levitt. Uh, with a correct game plan, he can counter a lot of attempts. And he's he's there. You know, he, he's there to to perform better than most fighters that are priced at 6,800. So I'm going to get to some shares. I'm not really convinced that Zell Huber is going to be like a priority play for me either. This fight is kind of just blah for me. Um, I, I mean, everybody's expecting Zell Huber to run over Trey Ogden. And I actually think it's going to be a little bit more of a, a difficult fight. So sitting there at about 76% win probability, I think it's more in the 65, 35 category. So uh, yeah, that, that's, you know, slight value on the Trey Ogden side. Still think that it's probably going to favor Zell Huber in the matchup, but I'll be, a, I'd be a fool not to include Trey Ogden in several of my lineups. It is kind of concerning with uh, you know his matchup there against Jordan Levitt. It's a big concern uh, yeah. with me. Next up, we got a female matchup. We got Maria Agapova taking on Julian Robertson. Julian Robertson, eighty five hundred, seventy seven hundred for Maria Agapova. These are two former training partners there in American Top Team. Uh, Agapova will have a five inch reach advantage. She is coming off a submission loss against Maria Moreau. She has alternated wins and losses in the UFC. 
both the uh, both of her losses in the UFC have come via stoppage. For Jillian Robertson, she has also alternated wins and losses since 2019, coming off a decision loss in March. So someone's gonna break the trend here, Pete. Yeah, somebody's gonna break the trend, and it's a little it's a little crazy. I, I think that I'm going to be favoring Jillian Robertson now. I mean, I, I, I can't stress this enough of how close some of these preliminary bouts are. Um, and it comes down to, you know, just going the correct game plan, the best path to victory. And Jillian Robertson can strike minimally in this fight. She needs to really push the pace in the wrestling and take down the apartment and just try to get the best of Maria uh, Agapova. I really think that the submission is live here. Um, I'm expecting a rear naked choke from Jillian Robertson, a little specific, but just how all the, the tendencies I see from uh, Maria Agapova, she's not as skilled on the mat on the, than, than she is on the feet. But with all that being said, we have seen Jillian Robertson get hit with some big shots. And if the initial takedown attempt is not there, she shells up and then she's a punching bag into uh, until the ref steps in. So um, an Agapova upset women's MMA will not cross her off at all. I am actually picking Jillian Robertson in the matchup, but if you really felt strongly about Maria Agapova, I would definitely listen and, and take take uh, take what you had to say into account. But this is a fight where I'm going to be getting, you know, massive exposure to. I actually think that this fight's going to be an optimal fight, to be honest. Yeah, Jillian Robertson, armbar from guard, is always live in this one. Uh, next up, we got a matchup between Tony Gravy and Javed Basaret. Basaret is the favorite in this one, 8,600, 7,600 for Tony Gravely. Uh, Gravely, uh, since losing his UFC debut, is 4-1 and one in the promotion. He's won back-to-back fights. Coming off a first-round victory in June against Johnny Munoz. Uh, Javed won his UFC debut in March against Trevin Jones. Uh, that was actually the first time he's gone the distance in his career. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is a very interesting fight. I really like the Basharat brothers, and I just made some money on the, the Contender Series a couple nights ago. Um, and I, I do think that Java's really talented, especially on the feet. Um, he can also land takedowns, and, and the Basharat brothers have some sticky jiu-jitsu. And let me tell you, Tony Gravely has, throughout his career, he's always been susceptible to getting caught in submissions, and we have seen that gas tank and him get rocked numerous times as well. So, I think that there are multiple ways to finish Tony Gravely, but it's a lot easier said than done. Like Tony Gravely is going to be one of the most popular underdog plays on the slate, strong grappling, strong wrestling power in his hands. I thought his previous opponent um, was going to actually beat him. Uh, so I thought Johnny Munoz was going to, you know, grapple him possibly into exhaustion or, in, you know, get him in a bad spot and submit him. So uh, that did not work out well for me. And Tony Gravely is a fighter that I really like but I often find myself picking against them. So I will also be picking against them here, Javid Basharat. But this is a, another sneaky fight where I feel like this is a priority play for me. Yeah, it's one of those things of if Tony Gravely, I mean, when I think of Tony Gravely, I think of grappling, I think of wrestling. And could be someone under 8,000 that you look at there. Uh, now let's get our first fight of the night. We got Nicholas Moda taking on Cameron Van Camp. 9,300 for Nicholas Moda. 6,900 for Cameron Van Camp. I feel like this is a showcase matchup for Nicholas Moto. I'm not big on Cameron Van Camp uh, mm -hmm. in this one, even though Van Camp does have a reach advantage of four inches in this one. Um, both guys coming off losses, but I kind of feel like this has been set up for Nicholas Moto. You know, I on paper it seems that way because I also like Nicholas Moto against um, against Jim Miller, but man, in that fight he seemed a little bit like starstruck or kind of just like caught up in the moment. And it was just weird. And it could be because you're facing such a legend within the sport in Jim Miller. Um, you know, it was not a good account of himself at all. And he did not look good and he ended up getting finished. So price at 9,300, I'm just like, okay, like, is this more about him or more about his opponent and Cameron Van Camp and Van Camp up a weight class at welterweight debuted against Andre Fialo and, you know, looked good early, like was, was hurting Fialo and looked like, man, this Van Camp kid could actually break the slate. I feel like he he's going extremely disrespected as far as the line goes. I'm picking the under two and a half in this fight. I don't think it goes the distance. It, it's a matter of, is the weight cut too much for Cameron Van Camp? Does Nicholas Mata go out there and actually showcase his skills? Or is he a shell of himself now? How do both of these fighters respond to getting TKO'd or KO'd in their last bout? So uh, coin flip fight for me, 
And I definitely think that the odds are way too wide, especially for a bigger fighter coming down to 155 pounds. So there's some value on Cameron Van Camp. It's a fight that I'm just going to put in cruncher because I think the Moda Van Camp fight and the Jillian Robertson Agapova fight are both optimal fights. So I will be making a group on stochastic.fantasycruncher asking to get at least one of those. Of course, be sure to uh, support the crew here with give us a thumbs up. It does help us out a ton. Subscribe to the channel. Of course, uh, coming up uh, about 30 minutes from now, you've got the No House Advantage Thursday Night Football Show. So keep it locked here at Stochastic.com all day long for all your NFL covers. Pete, let's get into our straight-up fight picks. The main event, uh, I'm going Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen. Co-main event, uh, give me Gravy Rodriguez. All right, give me Chidi. I will go Andre Feely. Yeah, I'm going to go Andre Feely. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer. Yep, Pfeiffer. Tanner Bozer. Bozer. Hernandez. Hernandez. I didn't know what you're doing. I'm going Sabatini. I'm going I'm going with my guy, Damon Jackson, I'll, but a little bit of a homer pick. I'm not going to okay. lie there. Not okay. going to lie there. Uh, I want to see what happens at yeah, the same. way is, but I'll lean Lad at this point. Yeah, I'm going to go Lad. I will lean Trevin Giles. From here on out, we're going to look stupid no matter who we pick, but I'm going to go Luis Cosi. All right. Uh, Luke Boomy. Luke Boomy. Uh, Zell Huber. Zell Huber, yeah. Uh, I'll go Robertson. Robertson. Give me Gravely. Okay, give me Basharat. Give me Mata. Give me Van Camp. All right. I, I kind of felt as I was making, I was kind of highlighting my picks. I'm like, man, I am Chalk City over here. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a underdogs galore. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat. Top two cash plays. I would put Corey Sanhagen as my number one cash play just because of that volume, potential takedown upside. Okay. And I'll say Piper number two. And that's a lot of salary, but it's got to be done. Yeah. I, I would go. Yeah. A lot of salary, but you just kind of feel confident in a cash game. In terms of top two GPPs, uh, I would still say Corey Sanhagen, number one, number two for me. I'm going to do fights. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a fighter. I'll say Anthony Hernandez. Okay. I'm going to go fights. I'm going to go the Rodriguez and Jaquani fight. And the first fight of the night, the Van Camp and uh, Nicholas Moto fight. Um, in terms of underdogs, um, he's technically an underdog in terms of the DraftKings salaries. Yeah. Chidi Kwani does stick out to me. I think that's kind of a that's going to be a priority fight for me. Other underdogs that uh, potentially stick out to me: Bill Algeo at seventy nine hundred. Um, I don't really want to get to Damon Jackson just because I don't think the ceiling is high. Yep. Even though seventy two hundred, he wins, goes out there, good chance to be optimal. I'm going to go Cozy. Um, and Gravely would be another one for me. Okay, I'm going to go Cozy. Uh, favorite inside distance. This is me. I'm looking at fights here. Rodriguez, Injikawani, Bozer, Nasimento, uh, Pfeiffer, Amadovsky. Yeah, Joe Pfeiffer is clearly my number one inside the distance play. And I think it comes in rounds one or two. So just comes down to does he rack up enough points? I think he does. Yeah, in terms of uh, top MVPs, obviously Joe Pfeiffer is going to sit out there. I'm scared of what that price is going to be on the DraftKings Captain Contest. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it, you know, if you're looking to kind of save some salary, um, you know, I would probably be looking at, at someone. I'd probably look at, you know, Rodriguez and Chikwani, Bozer. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. Uh, you know, putting the, the pick em fight in the Captain Contest is fine. Um, tends to allow you a ton of roster flexibility. And more often than not, it seems like those fights finish. Um, a leverage play, and this is a fire that's got under 20% ownership, and she is an underdog. How about Maria Agapova? I don't that's hate leverage it. spot. Yeah, I, I really don't hate it. I mean, offensively, she's looked great. She's also picked up submission wins, but she ain't submitting Jillian Robertson. Uh, I can see her just TKOing her, though. So, I mean, it's women's MMA. I don't hate it at all. A uh, fight that I would say that I'm going to fade would be Sabatini and Jackson just because of a, a GPP ceiling aspect. Yeah, I mean, fade, I would say underweight. Um, I would be underweight to that, and I'd also probably be underweight to the Loma Lupumi fight just because her salary makes it really hard for her to pay off despite being uh, you know, pretty dominant in a win. Uh, in terms of a dart play for me, I got to look at the main event, Song Yudong. Yeah, I also think for cash too, like, Song Yudong at 7,000. If you think it goes 25 minutes, I don't think it's a bad play at all. Uh, optimal plays. Um, I think you got to look at the co-main event. 
Um, Hernandez Barrio, I think, is a sneaky optimal play. Okay. I don't hate it. Um, I'm telling you that the Robertson Acapulco one, the first fight of the night, the co-main event, like that, that's kind of like where I will be starting a lot of my lineups. And Sam's over under number is seven and a half. I'll take yeah. the over. Yeah, give me that number, Sam. That's you're getting you're you're gonna be broke. Yeah, that's that's a bad number. Yeah. So uh appreciate everyone tuning in here for the strategy show. Of course, uh, I will not be on Saturday as I will be traveling to New Orleans. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> it's like, where am I at this weekend? Yeah, I'm in New Orleans this weekend. Be uh I'll be taking in some uh good New Orleans food on on Saturday evening. Uh Greg will be filling in for me, and I believe y'all guys are on at three o'clock Eastern time, I want to say. Bro, you think I know when we're on? I have no idea until like the morning of I my girl asked me what time we're on. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I don't even yeah. <laughs> I don't know what time we're on. I don't know if we can go do things throughout the day until like the morning of so we'll have to see but we'll be here and uh greg josh whoever's with me greg well we, you know they do a great job bringing a different perspective yeah. as well so make sure you guys tune in i mean we don't take off till a little after four o'clock so i i might i might hop in that chat you know start just trolling you yeah please please do let's hear it i might be trolling you with patrick mahomes memes hey i know <laughs> my boys are already starting i'm telling you man like i really hope we pull it off just so <laughs> You know, just, just so I don't have to get trolled by everybody. <laughs> yeah, it all happens. Uh, but appreciate everyone tuning in for the strategy show. The No House Advantage Thursday NFL football show is coming up next year in about 25 minutes from now. So keep it locked here at Stochastic.com. Hope everyone has a great day. And uh, I will talk to you in two weeks on the next strategy show. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.